Hello and welcome to another Balance and Wellbeing podcast. Today we're talking about enjoying work and life with chronic pain. My name is Sam Eddy and my co-host as always is Katie Walls. Katie, how are you? Very well. Good morning. It's great to have you here again. My background for everyone listening is I've got a background in financial services, retrained in psychology. Um, and now work as an executive coach and workplace wellbeing trainer. And Katie, you've got a background in HR and you're also a complementary therapist. Today, um, we're talking about enjoying work and life with chronic pain, as I said. And it's interesting in that one in five Australians live with chronic pain, including adolescents and kids, according to Pain Australia. As chronic pain is invisible, sufferers can feel misunderstood and stigmatised and even discriminated against by co-workers, friends, family, and even the medical profession. There's no easy solution or quick fix. However, there are some very practical ways that people with chronic pain can ensure they feel supported at work and with their family. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Katie, what comes to mind for you when when you think about chronic pain and, and people trying to enjoy work and life whilst they are suffering from it? Well, as, a, as an observation, um, definitely seeing an increase in ailments in the workplace um, and within um, clientele. So people even younger um, commenting about having sore backs or stiff necks um, or or certain ailments that you might see more um, in an older um, age bracket. So that that highlights what's contributing um, to an increase in people experiencing pain It'd be great for us to explore that in the time that we have and um, really open up the topic. You also see a lot of people that are just pushing through pain, so Mm. not necessarily getting a proper diagnosis as to what's happening in the body um, or not having feeling they've got time um, to get medical intervention and or another aspect of that could be not wanting to actually feel what's going on to then take responsibility as well. Yes, that diagnosis one is interesting, isn't it? Because as I was reading that stat off, the one in five, I just wonder if there's elements of the wider population. And you talked about how it's how you, more and more young people are suffering from this stuff, from the back pain, the neck pain, the physical pain. Mm. I just wonder if there is, I don't know, more undiagnosed or people who are suffering, but they're just not reporting from it as well, given the busy work life or the busy home life, the more demands there are on kids as well as adults, that there's more people suffering perhaps from chronic pain and it's just not being recognised. Yeah, I I definitely feel from the conversations that are shared that that's that's the case and um, and not making the time to actually get a proper assessment or to clock, you know, when, what the triggers are, how long the pain's actually been there and if it's getting worse or not as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So I guess in, in my view at least, often life is a mirror and we've talked about this probably in other podcasts. So, and, and chronic pain, in my view, I know when I've had a, a parts of it ongoing for a while, often it's reflecting what's going on for me and it's obviously clearly different for everyone, but often it is exacerbated or it can be, I guess, triggered by things that are going on in my life and it's and when I've realised it, it can actually be a tool for me to have better have a better focus on my well-being. So when I feel it or I kind of clock it in my life, as you were saying, 
it tends to reflect what's going on in my life, if that makes sense. So if I'm super busy, I'm perhaps not taking care of myself, I feel the pain more and more. And I love what you're saying about pushing through. I know specifically around chronic injuries I've had through sport, if I'm trying to push through, continue to do more, fight against my body, that's when the suffering becomes worse. And I'm wondering for people listening out there if they can recognize that because often people with chronic pain, at least in the work I do with clients, they very much talk about it being sometimes even seasonal in terms of the impacts or they have flare-ups or it's worse in certain time than others. And I know we had a bit of a chat about this, Katie. Does that does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. And And quite often it can be that there's certain parts of your body that are your microphone so to speak so um for me if I get a bit run down it'll be my throat that that I always feel an irritation or or get sore etc um for a colleague I work with it's it's her lower back and as soon as she starts to get tense um it gets louder and then if she's not listening to that or addressing it it gets louder and louder and louder so it's looking at at your body and what are your I suppose, first signs that there's disharmony um, or something's not quite right. And then are we prepared to listen to that? Are we prepared to go, okay, I need to be a little bit more nurturing with myself or, you know, I'm getting to bed too late. I can feel that impact in my body. So it's, it's giving yourself space to get to know what your communication is in relation to pain from your body and where it starts to speak. And then when it gets louder, et cetera, and, and what, what your relationship is with that. I think it's a great first step. And I guess it's also quite hard too, isn't it? Because if you're feeling pain, you're suffering from it, and it's been going on for a long period of time, it can be quite hard to actually go there and really feel it. So if it's ongoing back issues or neck head um, people who've been in accidents often suffer from nerve pain and um, and damage that's occurred in their physical body so it can be quite hard to actually want to sit there and and listen to it or feel it or be with it to have that real awareness of what's going on so it can actually be quite confronting can't it oh absolutely and the chronic pain is horrific I, I haven't personally experienced chronic pain for you know, after surgery, I had pain, etc., but not a condition that is consistently there. And um, you know that that definitely needs to be noted that it's it's very difficult, and some for some people, you know, it's completely life changing in relation to how they need to approach things. Um, so, not dismissing that in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I, I feel that that diagnosis is really important um, and, and getting that medical support. And then there are definitely a lot of aspects that we can do, which we'll be exploring in more detail um, to support ourselves with that. And I feel acceptance is a big part of that process to begin with, especially when it's really, really significant chronic pain, um, which is fairly consistent, you know, accepting that that's, that's part of your life that can be very challenging um, for people or even if it's a condition such as migraines, um, you know, intense migraines, you're not sure when they're going to happen. Um, they can totally disturb all, all your workflow, um, family, etc. So 
that accepting what your condition is and then getting support with that um, definitely supports with the process, especially in that initial stage. Yes, it, it is such a difficult thing, as you say. And um, But I guess I love what you're talking about around acceptance because it is important, at least in the work and the experience I have with clients who have been suffering, that acceptance piece of just accepting the reality as it is at the moment in terms of the pain you were feeling, being, being aware of where it occurs in the body, as hard as that can be in itself, but that acceptance piece can be really important because it can allow you to go, okay, I'm just accepting what is happening for me at the moment. It doesn't necessarily mean you're accepting. It has to be there forever. You know, if it is persistent, that's also okay too. But that acceptance can be really nice because um, whilst it's hard to do, it can provide at least a bit of relief so that we're not necessarily, we're kind of removing one piece that we might be fighting against. And it's understandable to be frustrated, to be annoyed, to be angry, to be fighting against some of the chronic pain you are feeling. But I, I see a lot of people finding a bit more peace or relieving tension when they get to that point of acceptance with whatever it is they're feeling. So reconnecting with the body, knowing your triggers, finding out what is going on in, in each part of the body, um, seeking the medical support just to sort of get some clarity around that can be really useful as well mm. so that you're really crowning, creating a foundation by which you're in a, in a stronger place to manage it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if there is a, a bit of that dismissal going on or um, you, know, you often hear people say, oh, you know, it could be worse when, when they've got actually significant pain and um, or at least it's not this or at least it's not that. But if we're still at that stage, then we're not going to that next next step that you're talking about of looking at how we can support ourselves, looking at what is triggering us. Are there different times in the month where the pain's more intense? And if you start tracking that, then having a look at, well, what, what activities are you doing physically, but also um, in relation to work, projects, et cetera, um, for someone who does suffer from migraines, are the migraines happening at a certain time in relation to what's happening with work expectations or family expectations? So it's just looking at the pain level and what's going on as to what could be contributing and then looking at how you can support yourself on a deeper level during those times. Or if it's in the evening, you know, how can you support your body physically more whilst you're at work and trying a few different things could be that you might need to to get up and walk a little bit more if you've got back pain, etc., or to even see if there's a place where you can actually lie down for 15, 20 minutes during your lunch break, um, or look at having your legs elevated a bit with a footstool. Uh, so yeah, looking at what what supports your body more, um, but that only comes from from an acceptance, I suppose, and not seeing it as a weakness. If there's pain in the body, it's communicating that your body needs more attention and um, it's not at all a weakness. And, you know, if you, if you respond to that earlier, then often it doesn't have to get louder in relation to pain levels. And as you're talking, Katie, I'm wondering if that for anyone listening who hasn't experienced chronic pain or, or perhaps it's subsided or they're feeling okay, that it's a really good reminder for us to connect with our bodies regardless and listen to the messages that we're getting because often 
with the work I do with clients, we might explore this a little bit. And there might have been a pattern early on before the chronic pain has sort of become entrenched, if you like. And so often if there are there are signs when things when the body's had enough or it's getting tired, it's getting a bit worn down. So for those of us who aren't in chronic pain as well, it's a good reminder to go, okay, this is really important for me to listen to my body, to connect with my body, to find the irritations, the aches, the pains, just more generally speaking, so that more of us are aware of it so that we can potentially prevent um, ailments, problems turning into chronic pain as well. So that prevention piece is really Mm. important in my mind because we talked about the stat in one in five people potentially more so if we know that it's a problem perhaps it's reflecting the the busy world in which we live when everyone's working a lot we're pushing our bodies we've got commitments at home and at work that don't give us necessarily a break we're sitting down for long periods of time so that takes a it's a physical strain on the body there's lots of things going on here, so it can be useful to for, for all of us just to use this topic as a way to con- reconnect with ourselves and go, okay, is there any signs of stress in the body? Am I overriding them? Am I ignoring them? Or is there something I can be doing to get be, have more conscious awareness around my body, the pain I'm feeling, even if it hasn't hit a chronic stage, just so that I'm looking at prevention and, and, and getting in to make it to make sure that we're really taking care of our health before something crops up that we then have then it's harder to deal with at that point. Absolutely, awesome point because it's just part of um, well being in general. Mm. And if we're doing that, it gives a great foundation for any kids in our lives to listen to their body at a much earlier age than perhaps what we have too. So to have that as as part of general life. Um, pain is always an indication that yeah we're not addressing or or moving our body in a in a way that supports or there's been um you know conditions coming up from the body for healing Mm. so there's this there is a lot to learn from it and um i know that the the first response could be i just don't want to have this pain so to to want to get rid of it rather than perhaps read on a deeper level as, as you're suggesting, okay, what is it showing me? What else can I learn from it rather than just wanting to get rid of the pain so that I can just go back to how I've been and, and to deliver what I want to deliver, so to speak, and, and seeing it as an inconvenience, which look, pain's not great, but we, we can learn a whole lot more before it does get to be something more significant, as you're saying. And, and what do you think about the, re- the reductionist approach to medicine or healthcare at times? I'm not saying this happens all the time necessarily, but mm. I know at least if um, for the injuries or if we've had pain in certain parts of the body for a while, it may be chronic, it may not be, but often you might go and get it checked out. You might to a physio somewhat or someone from a, for a physical ailment and often you find that the you might have a sore knee or a, a tight muscle here or there but often the pain's referred so you might be focusing on one part of the body yet it's actually being referred through another part and you don't you're not really aware of it and and I know probably a lot of us have had that experience where you go to a physiotherapist or whoever and they might say actually this is being referred you know, the pain in your arm or your elbow is being referred down from your shoulder or something like that. So we know that often pain, it's connected to, it's, it's sort of linked to all parts of the body. 
And I know we have lots of specialists in the healthcare system, which is great and, and, and very necessary. But I just wonder sometimes if, if that reductionist approach, and we're so focused on the, the specific thing that's hurting or causing us trouble, and then we want, um, we, we, we reduce it down and try and isolate the problem. Whereas perhaps sometimes I think we need to look at it from a holistic approach and go, well, okay, well, you know, what else is going on in my body? How's my posture? How am I feeling? Generally, we've talked about, I think, diet in the past, Katie. What are the, what's going on with the foods I'm eating that are triggering is too much sugar, too much stimulation, um, not enough nutrition. Is that exacerbating the pain I'm feeling? So that kind of holistic approach and, and maybe, I guess thinking about well, how can I be more proactive in my own healthcare and 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 kind of look at that holistic approach and then try and find some holistic answers as opposed to sometimes when there's I know people often only try and look at it from the, the reductionist perspective where they're trying to really isolate it and only deal with um, where the pain is coming from if that makes sense. I I couldn't agree more. And I feel I've got a few friends that are, are doctors and specialists and they'll, you know, it's multi-systematic kind of issues that are coming into the surgery. And it is difficult then to have a diagnosis to, uh, that can take a little bit of time depending on what conditions presenting in the body because there are a few layers. And very much how we are emotionally is, um, comes out physically in the body. So if someone's had trauma emotionally, um, then that can present with certain ailments as well. So as you're saying, we often try and isolate it to, oh, you know, I went for a run and I twisted my ankle in a certain way and that, that's why it happened. But why did the twist happen to that ankle at that particular time if we haven't had a previous injury? So I, I feel stress within the body and that, that's emotional or physical stress has a huge impact and it is completely all connected. Um, and, and the body has a way of releasing to a buildup. Um, so that's why at times it can be frustrating if, if people are wanting more just of a, a medical diagnosis and a fix medically to actually get to the root cause of what's going on. And, and that referred pain, as you were saying, um, is, is often a reflection of the fact that there is more going on and the body's trying to communicate more as well. Mm. So, no, really, really great things to consider. Um, it's and interesting. There, oh, sorry, Katie, sorry. you go. I was saying there are, you know, as to where to start can be a little bit overwhelming too because there are so many specialists um, and different people to to look at approaching and that maybe whether you want to see a naturopath or a medical specialist, et cetera, or to have a couple of um, consultations in different fields uh, just to see what, what, what results from those conversations to, to piece it together a bit more. I think that's great advice and I often talk about that with clients in terms of trying to really connect with your body as we've been talking about for a lot of this podcast um, but then using that knowledge and the information you gain from reconnecting with yourself to then help guide you in terms of your the decisions around who you're seeing from in terms of getting support whether it be a naturopath as you say be someone in the medical profession because just like there's great coaches executive coaches there's great workplace trainers 
um, HR specialists, marketing people. There's also people who aren't as good or who aren't as present. So we all, you know, medical professionals, mm. naturopaths, we're all human. And so you may connect with some better than others. You may get them on a wrong day. So it's really important to use your knowledge of your chronic issue, chronic pain issue, and 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 perhaps having a look at your life, your holistic approach yourself to help use that information to then guide you and and even shop around in terms of the the people you're seeking support from because not everyone's the same, not everyone's as fully engaged in their jobs as others. We know that's just true across the board. So I think that's really useful, a useful reminder for people you don't, just because you're with someone and you're not sure if you're getting the support you need. They may work for someone else, but perhaps for you, you might need to then keep looking and shop around for the person that's going to work best with you. Mm. And also not giving your power away in those consultations too. If if And again, someone's offering their opinion and their expertise, which is fantastic. Um, but if it's just not gelling with you or you, you feel that there's more, then exploring that as well. Just like you're saying, Sam, that there's a lot available that can be a little bit overwhelming, but um, to and and to give a period of time as well. And quite often people can go, you can get advice, or you might go to the physio and they can give you exercises, etc. And but how often are we actually activating um, mm. that, that kind of recommendation? <laughs> yes. I'm smiling there. Go, yeah, I know I should be doing my exercises. Like, yeah, I know I should be doing those those stretches, but yeah, have I have I really done it? So how much how much are we putting into caring for ourselves or how often do we just go to want to get a fix um, so it can be quick and easy, et cetera. So, you know, it's great just to evaluate, you know, what's my commitment that I'm putting back into me to look at how I can support myself in relation to the pain that I'm experiencing. Yes, absolutely. Um, I was listening to some of the, um, to someone from Marianne Williamson from the, she's a, a nominee for the Democratic Party in the US. I don't really follow US politics at all, but I just saw a clip of her and she was talking about the US health system being um, not a health system at all, but a sickness care system in terms of mm. we wait until people get sick or where they suffer from pain and then we try and find solutions as opposed to what she called a true healthcare system whereby we're actually looking after people's health, just generally speaking, before they get ill or when there's only mild symptoms of pain or poor health. And I just thought that was really interesting. It was kind of a bit of almost looking for a paradigm shift in terms of how we help. So as opposed to just waiting for people to have really you know, nasty symptoms of pain, actually, mm. what are we doing and what support is there with our system to help people when you're getting the first signs and symptoms? Absolutely. And, and we like to avoid that responsibility generally because it's an interference um, in life. And I know, I know if my body's presenting pain, there's a very good reason for it. It just doesn't happen. Mm. It, it's definitely a, an accumulation of different aspects that I know. Then I have to, I have to stop, and I have to go. Okay, what's my body telling me? And I know from from practice that when people do that, they actually allow themselves an enrichment of life on a whole different level. Yes, yes. Um, because you start to see things, and you start to see things in your relationship, and you start to. Um, 
yeah, see how you respond to certain people or certain situations, etc. So it's really cool. It, it can be a little bit confronting and that's why we avoid it. But if you have that relationship with your body to go, actually, there's pain, there's some, this is an alarm bell. This is big. This is not just a little thing. There's something that I need to address or look at in how I'm being with myself and what my body's needing as a response to that. And, um, you know, it reduces that wear and tear on your body to start with, but opens up to a whole different level of enrichment. Yeah, I think that's great. And the rewards, as you say, can be huge. And look, it's a tough conversation, isn't it? Because when people have been suffering from chronic pain for a long time, any advice that's given often um, can sometimes be interpreted as blame or finger pointing. And and I guess it's it's good to emphasize that it's not about that, is it? It's just about... Not at all. It's just about, yes, it, you're in a really tough spot and the suffering is real and yeah. this is, you know, impacting how you are at work and at home. And, and so, but it's just about saying, okay, well, how can we just shift things a little? It may, may not necessarily be getting rid of the pain, but what things can you do maybe to help with that acceptance piece, accepting it's there for now? at the moment and what in your lifestyle can you do to really help alleviate it a bit uh, manage it better and 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 have it making less of an impact for you psychologically in terms of your mental health and well-being um and and doing whatever you can because i know from my work at least and and i guess this is from what you're saying katie the the benefits that come with people can actually make these amazing shifts with the pain whether it be through acceptance so when what are the key tips that you recommend for people who have been suffering from chronic pain to sort of help manage it at work or at home just carrying on with what you were saying previously that you know for some it's so understandable that they'd say well you wouldn't know what it's like this is chronic this is every day especially if it's pain that is going to be there for life mm. and there are many conditions that that is the case so i know we've mentioned it a few times but that acceptance bit is you know for some it can be a long road just just to accept that and where they're at and then for others where the pain's just starting or you know it's it's a fairly new condition to really utilize that opportunity to go okay this is serious because my body's indicating significant things and I'm going to give it the space and the attention to see how I can support myself with that. And I definitely start, especially if it's a, it's it's pain that's fairly new or it's gone up a, a level volume-wise, to, to really put yourself top priority and knowing that if you do that, it's absolutely loving responsibility because then as you support yourself more, you're going to be more productive anyway. You're going to be more responsive in your relationships. So it deserves that priority. I suppose that's what I'm wanting to emphasize. Yes, yeah. And it's not just going to go away. Sometimes it does and that's great and you might have a break for a month. Um, but if the root cause isn't addressed, then it will. the niggle will come back and it will get louder, louder, louder. So first looking, as we've previously mentioned it, evaluating, taking a bit of a diary, writing down when your symptoms are worse, um, seeing how you are within yourself emotionally, how your mental state is in relation to the pain and just keeping a bit of a record. And especially for women with with hormonal changes, just seeing if that's impacting um, with your pain and what's presenting in your body. And then looking at ways that you can actually 
track, see a connection with your stress and then supporting yourself with that stress. For some, it might be, you know, going to a yoga class. For others, it might be meditation. And actually, there's a really great, if, if anyone wants to experience meditation and haven't as yet on the balance and well-being, there's a podcast on meditation that's a free download. So that's something that you can explore on the Parents at Work website. Mm, great. So, yeah, so it's looking at even exercise or, um, you know, having having physio, whatever it happens to be for you, just, yeah, assessing that and, and seeing what works. And it's about time. I think I loved what you said about prioritising it, isn't it. So it's, um, uh, you know, we do spend a lot of time getting stressed and getting sore um, and potentially inadvertently, not deliberately, but maybe contributing to the pain that we're feeling just by through our lifestyles. So I think that's great. That advice is really key in terms of prioritising the time, whatever it means for you. So the disconnection, I love how you talked about in the meditation. So, yeah, I'll just add to that and encourage anyone to sort of, if you've not used done meditation before, practice mindfulness. It's about it's about helping with your thoughts, calming the mind, um, which can have a really then positive impact on the body as well in terms of managing pain. There's a lot of research out there on the power of mindfulness in helping people with chronic pain, cancer, things like that that have been having suffering for a long period of time really have a different perspective on their pain they're feeling, not necessarily getting rid of it. So I think that's great advice, Katie. And I always just reinforce the need for disconnection, for balance and well-being. We talk about these podcasts that we do as balance and well-being, and it, and it really is when we're really busy, we're running around and we're not prioritising the disconnection for time, we're not doing enough of the things we love, then we do feel it. So I love, I love how you've talked about really mapping out what a week is for you, what's going on for you a week, a month, what are the the cycles that you're feeling um, through tension, what's coming into your life. Because if we don't know what the status quo is or what our foundation is, it's very difficult to then um, figure out or look for places to change. I, I love how you're talking about establishing that foundation. Yeah, and then also looking at your sleep um, because, again, if we're stressed or if we're, we're feeling a bit depleted, then that can make your pain feel more significant too. So just looking at sleeping patterns and, yeah, as you're saying, Sam, what you're eating and you're, what you're drinking, seeing if there's a correlation there, especially if it's different ailments are more susceptible and responsive um, or get aggravated more in relation to what we're eating and drinking. Um, I've got a, a friend who clocked recently that she's really reacting to alcohol and she'll get quite significant headaches, um, even if she just has half, half a glass or a glass, which she hadn't realised, but it was only by tracking and then seeing the correlation between that and stopping the alcohol and feeling a, a huge reduction in, in the headaches that she was getting. So it could be you know things that are very... Um, easy I suppose to evaluate when you when you're giving it the space to do so yes that that just made me think of what's what's your normal or what's the new normal for many people the new normal is operating at high levels of stress mm. so we don't actually realize how stressed we are so we kind of got that churn we've talked about this before too Katie we've got that constant churn of adrenaline we're constantly tense and that's become normal so you're right we don't clock things so we might not clock that the glass of wine is actually having an impact on our giving us a headache or whatever because our our operating level has just been elevated because we're constantly switched on we're connected to our devices we're working we're thinking all, all the time yeah 
So it's so that just made me think of that when you said that and how that then contributes to the chronic pain we're feeling because we're operating at a higher level of stress than perhaps we should and we and because we've been doing it for so long we feel it's normal. Yeah, that's a great point. And because our conditions are always changing in the sense of what we expect of ourselves, the demands that are on us, they're always changing. So what we could get away with so to speak previously, we might be reacting to now and not even realizing. Mm. And it just makes me think of too, I know we're sort of going to finish up shortly, but escapes as well, particularly with pain, the temptation to go to the escapes to maybe indulge in, you know, alcohol, because that can have a, an alleviating effect, at least initially, mm-hmm. um, going to the escapes and maybe sugary foods that give us a little bit of a hit and at least distract us from the pain that we're feeling. I think they're all, all good to note as well, how we actually deal with the pain, perhaps in a way that's over time exacerbates it but it might gives us sort of temporary relief or at least a bit of a distraction but knowing what your escapes are and sort of adding them to that plan that you're creating for yourself and knowing when you're going to them more or when you feel you need them can also be a really useful tool to try and maybe shift a little bit around this yeah absolutely and that and another aspect too depending on on how if people are open to this or not there are support groups um for different ailments or or just chronic pain in general and um it's worth having a having a google just to see if there's um anything in your area that you might be interested in in support groups or online groups as well and that's so valuable isn't it because if if you get to talk to people who are in your position might be suffering from something similar to you it can be really nice just to share that experience. Yeah, and to get feedback and mm. yeah, different ideas on, on aspects that you mightn't have considered. Absolutely. Um, any final words, Katie? I, I just feel, um, yeah, it, by, by just giving yourself that opportunity not to see the pain as a weakness and quite often people are just struggling through and pushing through and we don't have to with a lot of situations um, or we can we can really um, set things up to accommodate the days that your pain's heightened um, you, you know really utilizing the day, good days and then allowing in your in your week or your month for those times that you you're going to be um, not able to function the normal way that you do because your pain's heightened so that that's part of setting up a support so the support frame for yourself as well depending on what your particular condition is yes absolutely that's great advice and and look this is a huge topic so it feels like perhaps there's more to discuss at other time but yeah. you know this these topics are huge and 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 i think we've you know given hopefully people listening just a starting point or at least we've just opened the door on the conversation because often this stuff is hidden it's in the background it's not talked about so it's really good to have this as a focus for one of these podcasts and if you've got any questions that come to mind when you've been listening to this or suggestions for future topics around chronic pain or anything else please get in touch and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, the email address you can contact us on via is info at parentsatwork.com.au. Thanks so much for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Parents at Work Balance and Wellbeing podcast. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.